Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This episode is brought to you by Valley Agencies. As a local full-service insurance agency in the St. Croix Valley, Valley Agencies is committed to helping you protect what matters most. Whether you're looking for personal, commercial, health, or life insurance, their team of professionals has you covered. Contact Valley Agencies today to help you achieve more together. Valley Agencies has been serving the St. Croix Valley and surrounding areas since 1914. Conveniently located in Stillwater, Minnesota and Hudson, Wisconsin, visit them at valleyagencies.com. We are inching our way into spring weather, and I was excited to sit down with Christine Melby from Two Bees in a Bud, which is a U-Pick flower farm in New Richmond, Wisconsin. In this first part, we talk about how Christine got started in flower farming and how the U-Pick program works. Check it out. So Two Bees in a Bud, tell me about it. Yeah. So Two Bees in a Bud um, began in 2020 when the pandemic started. And that was because um, I had a prior business for five years, which is an organic tea manufacturing company. And that just got hit so hard with um, the pandemic. We had to shut everything down. Our business had to close. And I was really devastated by that experience. We were entering into like our biggest year financially and we had to shut down. So I really felt like I needed a plan B. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I've done other things. And so I wasn't too nervous about that, but I just didn't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared. And so I spent a lot of time just kind of wandering our property and and meditating and praying and trying to figure out what I could do next. What did the universe want for me? So uh, I took a yoga class on April 13th and the instructor read a page from Thomas Merton's memoir and it said, what is not worth sharing is not worth bothering about. And that quote really changed a trajectory of my journey. It set me on a path to know that I could find something that was meaningful. And mm-hmm. as soon as I thought, like, yeah, what would be really meaningful? It was flowers. And that was mostly because my mom was in a care facility not too far from here. And I knew that she was going to be in lockdown for the pandemic and flowers were her thing. And yeah. so I just thought, I'm just going to grow flowers. And we have a farm field with nothing growing. We had just built the house, our farmstead here uh, in 2019. So we had nothing. So I was really excited to actually, you know, grow some flowers and be able to take them to the nursing home and and just give out flowers to people who just really needed a, a pick-me-up during the pandemic. Wow. That's an incredible business to start at a time where it probably helped lift a lot of people's moods in a time when it wasn't easy to have high spirits. Right. Yeah. And I also, during that time, I was, um, I decided to volunteer because I had some extra time. So Mm -hmm. I was doing Meals on Wheels and I just would bring like one flower to each person that I delivered to during my route. It was amazing what one flower could do to a person's spirits. Yeah. So it was, it was a, it was a good learning year. Yeah. Where is your farm located? Uh, we're just north of New Richmond, between New Richmond and Star Prairie. And you said the, the farm homestead was built in 2019? 2018, we moved in, in um, May of 2019. 
Okay. Where were you before that? In town, in New Richmond. Okay. Can we talk about your tea business? Yeah. I'm curious how this uh, developed into 2018, having the farm. So the tea business, you said you're an entrepreneur. So that was also your business, your brainchild. Tell me how that all started. Yeah. So prior to that, I had a nonprofit art organization called Messes and Masterpieces, which was a community-based nonprofit art organization where we used donated and recycled materials and did a whole bunch of different public art pieces working with different groups throughout the community. Mm -hmm. I had done that while my kids were growing up for 10 years. And I, you know, they were older and I was ready to try and find something that, you know, provided a little more income for the family as my kids are getting ready to go to college. And uh, a friend of mine approached me in the parking lot of our school at Pickup or Pickup and said, Hey, this tea company is closing. I know you're looking for something. Are you interested? He had sales background. I had more of the creative business side of it and also some more of like just having my own business so I knew kind of the books and stuff so we we dove into that and so you were based out of your home or did you have a entire building surrounding the tea company right yep we didn't have a brick and mortar space it was all okay. manufacturing of organic okay. tea and we had we had moved twice while we were in town once was in a manufacturing company and once was in the creamery building which is a historic building downtown in richmond okay and as far as manufacturing goes how large was your operation there were just uh four of us okay <laughs> my business partner and i and then we had a, a gal that had come with the company when we purchased the company she moved with us and she taught us everything we knew about blending teas and then we had a, a an accountant a office manager that okay. was also had been with the company prior to coming with us if, what which came first the the farm for your personal satisfaction or the farm for your business yeah so my husband grew up in a farming family. They have beef kettle and acreage. And so we've always just been a part of the farm. We have our big vegetable farm here on their property. And I say here because we're right next door to them. We bought 40 acres from their property that they had. From his so, family, you mean? Yes, from his okay. family. So they're right next door. So when you pull in our driveway, you greet their family, you're their house first, and then you see ours. But um yeah, so we always had the the vegetables, but then we also have a herd of sheep and chickens and uh, pigeons. And so our sheep and our chickens are here on the farm. And so it just made sense because my husband was going twice a day, every day to, you know, take care of the sheep. So it, we had really wanted to be out here to be, you know, on this land. It's absolutely beautiful and to be close to our animals. So. Do you wish you would have done it sooner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was yeah. the final straw where you said, okay, it's time to pull the trigger on this? I think just the, the wearing out of coming back and forth all the time. And plus yeah. our kids were getting to the point where they were going to be leaving for college. And we wanted them to feel like they were a part of this homestead, mm -hmm. not just a visitor to it. And, you know, they're active with our animals and on our farm as well. Mm -hmm. So it was really important to us that we didn't wait any longer and just 
just do it so that yeah. they could be a part of it too. So how many kids do you have? We have three. Okay. Got it. And so you built a you built a home on the acreage and then started developing it into your own farming area. The animals, I'm assuming, may have come from your husband's family. The animals, the sheep that we have, uh, we started them, oh gosh, I can't even remember how many years ago, because we're involved with 4-H. And oh. our daughter, our eldest daughter, who um, she wanted to show something other than the cattle that we have, because they were also showing steers. And so we thought, well, let's try sheep. So we started with four way back and then it just, it just grew. And my husband is like the, the best shepherd ever. He just loves them. And it's lambing season now. So we're just full on, you know, baby after baby, which is a really fun time. I don't think I've ever heard the phrase lambing season. Yeah, but that makes sense. For- I'm, a, I'm also not a farmer, so that's okay. <laughs> but- well, lambing season is early for us because usually they have them, you know, later in the spring when the weather is warm. But because mm-hmm. we show them, our youngest now shows them in 4-H, because we show them in the fair, in our fair is so early in the season, mm-hmm. we have to have them earlier, you know, earlier in the winter, early spring, I guess, okay. so that they are old enough to show. Okay. Did you grow up on a farm as well? I did not. No. When did you first start getting, were you in like rural area where you had friends that were farmers at all? I had no farming experience, but okay. um, I, I really love it. I love the hard yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. So when when you married your husband, was that when you were kind of introduced to the farming life? Yeah, at that time we we moved from the cities to New Richmond. His parents also lived in in town and had a farm out here with mm-hmm. the cattle. And um, you know, we'd come and visit on the weekends, and we would help out with the cattle, bale hay, and you know, do all kinds of run the tractors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it's when I started coming out to the farm. And then okay. you know, we just it's just part of who we are. Yeah. And in 2020, that was when you started Two Bees in a Bud, and that is all based around flowers. Nothing to do with the animals, correct? Yes, correct. How did you transition your land to be ready for what you offer with Two Bees in a Bud? So on our 40 acres, when we built the house, there's nothing but field around us. And so it really was, you know, some pretty top solid ground. So we picked a spot that would be appropriate for drainage and sunlight and accessibility to water. And then we just tilled up an area just to kind of break the ground up. And Mm -hmm. then we built raised beds. I had about 1,200 square feet that first year of raised beds. Okay. How much did it grow second year? Uh, 6,000 square feet. So you saw some success with it. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Well, I took a lot of, you know, during COVID, just immerse myself in online classes, just learning everything from soil management to what flowers to grow, what makes a bouquet, what what grows in our zone, and then this just the seasonality of it, when to start it, when they fade off, and succession planting, and pollinators. There's just so much to learn. Mm-hmm. It's more than just, you know, the average gardener who plants it in their backyard or in a pot. So yeah, um, I did 
learn a lot that first year that helped propel me into my second year. When you talk about a you pick flower farm, talk about what that means. So you pick means that it's basically like a you pick berry farm where you come to the farm. I offer you a a pitcher full of cool, fresh water and a pair of garden snips. And we go out to the flowers and I show you what there is. Uh, you have, you can pick, cut anything you'd like out of what I grow. And you fill that pitcher of water with whatever you like. And, and these are all fresh flowers that you're growing. So you have a variety of flowers that you can walk up and down and create this bouquet. Correct. Yeah. So I have about 38 varieties of flowers from seed. And then I have perennials too. So altogether, there's probably about 68 varieties that wow. I grow that, that you have your choice of picking from, depending on when you come early or late in the season. And the you pick part of it didn't start right away, did it? The first year, no. I was just using that as a, a learning year. Okay. So year one, you start growing the different flowers and you're bringing them mainly to nursing homes or elder care facilities, that kind of thing. Right. And then I had a farm stand that we had out by the road and just let people know on Facebook, you know, I've got fresh bouquets today. (laughs) Awesome. um, So I sold sold a lot that way too. Okay. I don't think I've ever been to a U-Pick flower place, and I'm really excited to visit this summer and, and see what it's all about. I don't think that I would be very gifted in terms of putting together a bouquet. So would you help me if I visited? <laughs> well, part of what happens when if you're a first time visitor, I basically guide you through it. You know, okay. I, this because a lot of people, and myself included, don't know where to pick a flower. Yeah, you know, I don't know if, that. And so it's important for me to, you know, make you feel comfortable when you get here, to greet you when you get here, to make sure that you feel welcome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we just go and, and walk and talk for a few minutes and I can show you like the best way to harvest a zinnia, for example, or where to cut it so that it will be sturdy enough. I talk about like post-harvest what happens when you take it home and how to keep it fresh the longest? Because, you know, fresh cut flowers can last five to seven days or longer, which is different than a store-bought flower. Those are sprayed with pesticides and herbicides and are not, they come from other countries sitting on airplanes or on boats. This is quite a different flower. Mm-hmm. So there is some care to it. So I do teach you you know, how to take care of it, how to cut it, and then how to arrange it. Like you said, you don't know what to do. And so mm-hmm. we take it back when you're done. You know, I give you some time to just enjoy that piece and the beauty of it and pick what you want. And then you come back to me and and we go inside and I kind of, if you want instructions, I can help you arrange it in a pretty way so that when you get it home, it looks nice on your table. You mentioned the you know, store-bought flowers are sprayed with pesticides. What guiding principles do you have as far as how your farm operates? Yeah, that's a great question. I am basically organic. I don't claim to be organic because there's a lot of paperwork that goes with that, but I do not spray any herbicides. I do use organic fertilizer to help them out a little bit. And I, you know, there are bugs that 
happen and you can't help it. And so I do treat some of them with organic pesticide just very carefully because we also have bees. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to hurt the the pollinators as well. So mm-hmm. it, it just depends on what I have. If it's causing a major infestation, it gets ripped out. Those plants get ripped out. But if there's some little thing that I can do with an organic treatment, I will take care of that with, you know, great care to not do anything to disrupt the bees and other pollinators. Did you experience anything with the Asian beetles over the last couple summers? Yes. <laughs> when you yeah. said infestation, I was thinking I have a on my deck, there's a wisteria vine, which I should ask you about, by the way. But the uh, Asian beetles just demolished it last summer. It was they terrible. They were brutal, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When that, I think that was tied to the heat, wasn't it? There was a lot that happened with the heat that was yeah. unusual. Yeah. It was a tough So year. how do you, so when that happens with your crops, you rip them out completely? Well, it's, it was hard for me to rip out a full crop because, yeah. you know, that's, that's income lost. But I, I did end up having to rip it out. Okay. Yeah. Got it, it just, they just, it, it looks bad. You know, if you yeah. have, if you have bugs, you know killing off everything <laughs> well the leaves look like they're straight out of a tim burton movie don't you think yeah. <laughs> they're like skeletons and you can see the veins of the leaves but all of the lush green part of it is gone yeah it's kind of sad looking but that's nature i guess right yeah it is so you have a you pick portion of your business which is really cool i am excited to try that out and you run that on what days of the week I'm trying something new this year, which is Friday nights and Saturday mornings. I may open one day a week. I'm not sure yet how that's going to look. But yeah, mostly Friday and Saturday nights. Friday nights will be kind of more like a date night kind of experience. And not necessarily, not that you have to bring a date, but more of more of an evening sunset, sort of a, of a fun vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So I might have a little, you know, fun music going. We have the opportunity to rent our kayaks when you also do the U-Pick. We, by the way, we're on DNR land here that's protected waterway. Erickson Waterfowl Protection Area, and it's 480 acres of uh, protected waterway. So it's Spring fed, surrounded by beautiful trees. There's only a couple homes on it that are down from us. You can't see it from our property. And so it's really funny because people will say, Do you have a pond? And then when they get down there and they realize, Oh my gosh, this is huge, because you really can't see it when you pull into our property mm-hmm. and you don't get a real good feel for it until you walk down to it and uh and get to see it i mean right now we have 12 swans that are right in our site that are sitting by the open water here in the middle of winter ducks and geese and it's just absolutely beautiful and it's so quiet mm-hmm. but it's 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 really a beautiful opportunity for people to just come and sit i've got adirondack chairs that are down there we've got Three kayaks right now. We're going to be getting more kayaks mm-hmm. so that people can come and rent them, as well as one canoe. Okay. So if you come to the U-Pick and you pick flowers, you're also welcome to use 
those for an additional fee. That would be part of the Friday night. They can also, people can also rent a picnic basket that comes with some really fun goodies that you can use on our property. And then also when you come to Yupik, we have um, acres of woods that have passed through them that you can walk through. It takes you from the flower area through the woods, around into the water, and then you come back up. You can walk back up without having to go through the woods. And then you get to see the bee hut, too, where we have four hives. Oh, wow. So I was thinking this was like an in and out, come and pick your flowers and then go. This is really an, it it can be that, (laughs) yes, but this is really an experience from what you're saying. Yes. And that's what we really wanted was to create an experience for people, especially you know, during the time of the pandemic, but people just really need an opportunity to connect with each other and to connect to nature, to get away from what they normally do in an experience that's not sitting in a bar. And it's a unique getaway for a little bit of time, if you want it to be. If you want to come and just quickly pick a bouquet of flowers for your mom's birthday or for somebody at work, you know, I can do that. I love that. Do you do anything in the winter time? Not really. <laughs> okay. Probably because you want to rest, I suppose. <laughs> well, in the winter time, I prepare for the season. I do all the collaborations for our workshops. Uh, so I'm working with other people on what they're going to present here through To Bees and Abide. Mm-hmm. And then just planning the seed schedule. And I'm already have some plants going first, planting in a couple of weeks outside. So it's wow. a really, the off season is really busy. Mm-hmm. It's just and not active outside. So I'll have the stand open in May for people to come by and pick. I'll have tulips and peonies and um, all of the early spring flowers start in June. So okay. those could be found on our stand as well. Okay. And... The big takeaway here is don't show up unannounced thinking you're going to pick your own flowers. Yes, it'll be posted on our website. (laughs) We're going to pause here. Stay tuned for next week's episode where Christine and I talk about all of the events that you can get out and try at Two Bees and a Bud. We get into quite a few other topics, including challenges that she has overcome in setting up her farm and how she keeps herself going with a motto from Eleanor Roosevelt. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others to find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley area. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.